0: Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is
1: to be a weekly place of rest for creatives to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go.
0: We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. We're so excited that you're here. Today we have McKenna with us, our other host. Hi guys. And Erica Lee. We're so excited um, just to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us, Erica. Um, So Erica actually lives in New York um, and on a 47 acre property that she wants to turn into a wedding venue one day. Um, we're, we would love to hear more about you, Erica. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and what life looks like for you right now?
2: Sure, sure. Well, hello, listeners.
0: And thank you so much, Amy
2: and McKenna, for having me today. I feel honored and it's I'm excited. So thank you. We
0: are too. I'm <laughs> so excited.
2: <laughs> so my name's Erica, and I've been a wedding and lifestyle photographer for about eight years. I married my high school sweetheart, David. Uh, we will make fourteen years married next month. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing! Yes, we have a five-year-old son, Judah, who's the best, spunky, energetic, so much fun, but also extra special. I, um, he has, he's on the autism spectrum. So I am a proud mama of a special needs little guy. Aww. Being in a house full of eight people is super interesting and. At the fact that we are an interracial couple, it's so much fun. um I'm so thankful for my husband's family. They have treated me like I'm their own, and um I have the honor of doing wedding photography with my sister in law It's like girl power
0: yeah <laughs> and i've heard that you even compare your graces yourselves to to dj and stephanie on full house yes. which i yes. love
2: <laughs> we actually live together believe it or not in a big house on the 47 acres in this modern day full house just call me dj tanner <laughs>
1: yeah i love that oh my gosh that's so um, much fun and I mean, as I'm sure you know, uh, you know, our hearts are just uh, breaking, you know, just along with God's and everything that's going on with the world right now. And we just love to find a way to shed light on God's desire to live on earth as it is in heaven. And in this beautiful picture that he paints in Revelation 7, 9, when he says, I look and there before me um, was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. We would love to hear your thoughts on what being a child of God means to you and your thoughts on being made in his image.
2: This verse is beautiful. It really is. I think it paints a beautiful picture of every race worshiping God together. I think that's God's desire. And when we look at mankind, he did create different races and every race is beautiful. We are all created in his image, no matter where you are from. And being a child of God means that I am accepted, loved, and just the way that I am. It's God's desire for all nations to come together and worship him together. And I love it. I love when I look at a multicultural church worshiping together because that's a beautiful thing.
1: Totally,
0: no. I totally agree. And I love, you know, that picture that you paint of, you know, all of these different races coming together um, and worshiping. And, you know, just the fact that you pointed out that God did create like such a beautiful world and a beautiful people and, um you know, as much as we wish it wasn't, it seems that racism is something that we're still struggling with today. Has this been something that you've seen to be true in your lifetime?
2: I will say yes. You know, while I have not been hit with the blatant racism, such as being called certain choice words, um, I have experienced racism in other ways. You know, my husband and I are an interracial couple. He's white and I'm Black and Puerto Rican. You know, I've been to restaurants where we were treated differently or where the attention is mainly focused on him and I'm kind of ignored. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a time in our marriage where we lived in a tiny town upstate and we were kind of surrounded by Confederate flags. And it was a little bit uncomfortable for me, but just kind of kept to myself, went out, did what I had to do and got back home. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, nothing too crazy, but enough to make anyone feel kind of sad or upset, you know.
1: I can't imagine being surrounded by it and not being able to, you know, escape, escape it, but also like it being almost pronounced for you. Um, you know, God calls us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and ensure justice for those being crushed. In James 1.22, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What are a few ways you think we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, could move from listening to speaking up and ensuring justice for those being crushed? Goodness, this is such a great question. You know, I, I do really think it's great to, you know,
2: begin by actually listen listening and not really combating immediately with defense when one is expressing their hardship. You know, as Christians, we are responsible for learning about the hardships of other people. You know, too often we prefer to stay neutral or silent about conflict, but my husband's favorite author and martyr, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. So I think we as Christians could speak and be great advocates. You know, there's many stories in the Bible that we can look to to learn about Advocacy and advocating. You know, we have Moses who used his connection to Pharaoh to speak up for the people. We have Daniel who speaks up on behalf of himself and his friends to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Esther was willing to risk it all to save her people. By using her influence, she was able to advocate to the king. You know, the Lord has given us all gifts, and now is the time to use them. You know, as us as Americans, we have the gift of influence, and you're starting to see it a little bit now in our government. I think it's important for white people to stand with black people and people of color. It's important that we continue to march peacefully and pro- and protest peacefully demanding change.
0: I love that and I think it's so important. It reminds me of the story of Abigail in the Bible when David was in the wilderness and he had spent some time with Nabal's shepherds and helped them care for his sheep. They were hungry and his men were tired. David said, go down and ask Nabal, who was a well-off and powerful man in the community for some food. His men went down and asked him, and Nabal, who had the resources to help, turned him away. When David heard this, he prepared his men for battle. Abigail, Nabal's wife, saw what had happened and knew in her spirit that it was wrong. She quickly gathered together bread, wine, sheep, grain, and hundreds of cakes of raisins and figs for David. She saw this injustice being done, and instead of not acting, She took a peaceful approach and went quickly to offer David and his men an abundance of food, more than they had asked for. Abigail said, Please forgive my husband Nabal. It is foolish and evil that he is choosing not to help when he has the power to do so. Please take this and go home in peace. Her action, her quick and peaceful action of offering David food and things that they needed for their journey, Stop David from completely destroying the town and all of the men in Nabel's household like he had planned when he heard what Nabel had said. I love what you're saying, Erica, that when we have the ability to set right a wrong, we need to move forward and do so. I think a lot of the time people know the right thing to do, but they have trouble finding the courage to do it. God loves us and we can trust him. It is that love and trust that can make us brave, like Abigail and can help us march forward peacefully, and demand change. I love, you know, a beautiful prayer that you shared on Instagram. Um, you you said, Erica, my prayer is that we can finally see change. I stand for the sanctity of life in every person. We are made in his image. We know that change might be a long road, but we'd love to take steps down this path. How do you think that we can begin to move towards change, unity, and the sanctity of life for all?
2: You know, I think that, the church should be leading this charge right here and not taking a backseat. And if the church is not unified in the church, how can we be unified outside? You know, they really Mm -hmm. should be coming together and taking the charge. Um, I know I touched on it in the previous question, but the church can come together and march peacefully. They can also sign petitions, um, praying outside of these marches you know, providing water, drinks, food, whatever. Um, and dare I say, not stop until we see the change. You know, when we when you look at the state of our country, it's obvious that things um, do need to change. I can't really put a finger on what that one thing is, one answer, but it's clear that something needs to be changed. And um, I think it's a good start to start there. You know, I love Galatians 6, 2, and it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of the Christ. Mm-hmm. And... When the church can do that, where we can carry each other's burdens, I mean, what good is going to
1: come from that amazing, amazing things, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've been going through uh, um, Tony Evans on Right Now Media, and it's something that we got from our church. And I, I mean, it's been great. We've been going through it um, with Spark. And, you know, that's how Erica and I, well, we all connected with Erica at Ignite, um, (laughs) which is, it's so cool to kind of go back and see like these different connections and, um, just where everybody is now. And even with COVID and all that stuff that we can still have a way of connecting, but. And recently we've just been hearing more about, uh, just the myths of, you know, the inferior existence, uh. One of the great myths of America's is the inferiority of the black man, uh, which needs to be debunked. And so Tony Evans debunks it for sure. But before that, you know, God debunked it. And I, I love hearing this. And I, uh, I'll, I'm going to quote a couple of things that Tony said. But he speaks just on racial pride in the scripture. And that race, you know, it wasn't created by man. It was created by God. And it was intentional You know, Noah uh, had three sons in Genesis 9, Japheth, Shem, and Ham, all nicknames, which I'm a big fan of a nickname, so I started paying attention, but it really reflected the shades of their skin. Japheth meant light or bright. Shem, tan, dusk, brownish. Ham is burnt or dark. This raises the question, how can two parents have three very different sons with different shades? And, you know, how Tony Evans explains it is like it can only be explained by the different melatonins in the Mr. and Mrs. You know, God created all of that, which brings us back to, you really guys should go listen right now media with Tony Evans. But the Bible says from these three sons came the different nationalities and races that inhibited the world. It was all planned better than we could ever imagine So if you guys are looking to read up on that in the Bible, go check out Genesis 9. Totally jog my memory of that because I watched it again today just preparing for our talk and knowing that it was going to get a little deeper, you know, and, and wanting it to. Because this isn't something, like you said, the church should ignore. It should be something that the church is saying, like, let's sign petitions. Let's do this. Like, let's make a move peacefully and if we're all under one, if we're all under God, if we all unite together, like we're going to be so much stronger. Yes. And I, it just like, come on, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) like, it's just so like, what would you say would be like steps for that? Like, I know we didn't have that question here, but what do you feel someone like me or someone like Amy or whatever, you know, like someone like your husband can be making moves to see that change, to make that change happen, to be like a present change in the world right now?
2: Great question. You know, I think that it's about stepping up and acting. I know I said that in the beginning. So we really, who's to say when we see something, I know like that's a cliche statement, see something, say something. And I know a lot of people don't say anything. So who's to say the next time you see something that is just not great, whether it be um being pulled over, you see some an action and interaction not great. In a restaurant, I know recently there was a, a person saying racial slurs at another table and the waitress standing up and saying, This is not going to be tolerated here. You need to leave. Um we can't be afraid to do that, you know? Yeah. Um so I really just think that it comes down to really putting ourselves out there. And I know it takes a lot. We have to really lean on God and Christ for that courage, because I know I'm this little girl five, two, and I'm definitely a girl that struggles with courage
1: at times, but we can't not at this time in our life, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. We can't be the wizard of Oz. The The lion is right. The one that mm-hmm. didn't have the courage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can't take his note. well, Thank you, Erica. And just before we go, uh, are there any last thoughts you wanted to share on everything that's going on?
2: You know, I just ultimately, you know, what did Christ do? He sacrificed. Ultimately, the foundation is love. So I just want to remind our listeners and our brothers and sisters in Christ that God teaches us to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, many times Jesus tells stories that encourage us to not look away from just injustice no matter how difficult or hard the world may seem. So, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan is one that I like to look back to. Mm And it reminds us that being a follower of Christ is not always easy. Although God's greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, there are a lot of excuses when it comes to putting this in practice. So um, this is where we should, (laughs) yeah, this is where we should be praying for boldness and courage. So that's my prayer for myself, for, for you girls, for everybody listening. Um, I also want to remind everybody that just because a person's experience is one way doesn't mean that that's going to be everyone's experience. So here's what I mean when I say that, you know, here's an example. There was a math teacher that everyone would talk about in school, being strict, being difficult, just all around hard. And just Murphy's Law, I ended up having that teacher. (laughs) Um, But my experience with her was quite the opposite. While, yes, the class was hard, I actually enjoyed having her as a teacher. I've heard it been, you know, I think, I don't know, have you heard it been said, you know, if people of color, let's just say, just obey the law, then none of this would happen. Um, It's a little bit of a cop-out, I think, because, and it's not necessarily true, I think that similar to this teacher, you know, my experience with possibly getting pulled over will look different than maybe another person's experience, even though we might have the same officer and do the same exact thing. I'm not saying that it means getting killed like George Floyd, which is the extreme, but I may get treated differently and have a different experience for for, even under the similar circumstances. So we can't be so quick to negate one's experience. You know, ultimately, Mm -hmm. we just have to be kind to everyone and listen and bear each other's hardships
1: and stand up for what is right. Absolutely. Erica, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think that the bottom line is like, you know, if we have love, like God is love, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy that there's so much hate as well that follows like, uh, in this world, but, um, we need to make a stand. And I think that everything that you're saying is exactly right. Um, I'd love to know where we could find you. And I'd love to be able to share that with everyone else, your Instagram or your website, that sort of thing. I am on Facebook, Erica
2: Lee, one word, photography and Instagram, as well as, you know, Erica Lee photography. My website is Erica Lee photography NY for New York. Cause I'm in new
1: york.com. Cool. Yes. Well, you guys know where you can find us. You can find us at njspark.co or njspark.co on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, Erica.
0: And before we go, we want to leave you guys all with this first. It's found in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We'll see you here next week.